Welcome to the podcast series by Writer's Key. Hi everyone, my name is Anisha. Um, I'm basically interning right now, currently working with Writer's Key, and I'm going to be doing these student takeovers every Wednesday, like we did last Wednesday as well. Um, to tell you a little bit about Writer's Key, Writer's Key is an education consultancy company, and they're with uh, founded by Anjali Raghbir. Um, she's currently placed people in amazing universities across the U.S., Hong Kong, Europe, Singapore, everywhere in the world. Um, I'm an ex-Writer's Key student myself, and so is Sunil. And um, Sunil, why don't you introduce yourself, and we can get started. Yeah, so hi everyone, I'm Sunny Nitin, uh, so I'll be pursuing physics from University of Michigan. Um, so I definitely admit, so if you have any questions regarding that as well, you can ask. Uh, so I, instead of this, I'll be doing next year. Yeah, so like you said, you've deferred, we're going to be talking about that as well, getting into detail about what actually deferring your education means. And I think it's a scary thought for some people. So we'll be getting into that with a few questions later on. So I'll start with the first question, Sana. What was the hardest part of the application process for you? Uh, so for me, the hardest part of the application was the essay, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, they required the most uh, thought and attention. And the rest of the part of the application are uh, pretty much a set in stone. Mm-hmm. The activities which you've done, uh, the grades and the academics which we have. But it's only the essays which is the, uh, the truly the part which you can actually mold at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And which, which, uh, which is current, uh, for me, it's one of the most important parts of the, essay, uh, the application. Yeah. So you were with Writer's Key when you wrote your essays? Like Anjali ma'am helps you with them? Is, is, did you take help from Writer's Key? Yeah, uh, so for the essays uh, regarding brainstorming and how to portray myself and which all activities to pursue and show them in the essays, mm-hmm. then I, uh, that really helped me. Yeah, same for me as well. I did it with the essays and I think during the application process especially, like how many colleges did you apply to? Because I think a lot of people tend to apply from like sometimes even 10 to 15 colleges, which, which can be so many. And then, you know, they require, they have different prompts, different questions or different essays for all of these. It's so tiresome, so long and can be really daunting. So I think for both of us as well, Writer's Key helped so much with that. So how, how many colleges did you apply to? Uh, so I applied to, I guess, from 19 universities, uh, out of wow. which I took only help from, I guess, around uh, 10 universities. So the rest mm-hmm. of uh, I did the essay on it. Okay, okay, that's great. So, um, how do you plan on pursuing your education online? So, why don't you, since you won't be going online, you'll be deferring. Why don't you tell us a little bit about a deferred education, how it really works? Uh, so, for me, like, uh, because of COVID, uh, like, University of Michigan has a hybrid option available. But since uh, the, uh, the U.S. consulates haven't opened for the visa, so it was a clear uh, option for me because... Uh, I feel that the online education won't be at the same level as an in-person education, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, so that's why. And since I'm, uh, I'm not just going for the academics, but also the uh, the campus experience. So mm-hmm. that's why I decided to defer my admit to the next year. Yeah, that makes sense. Actually, I mean, but for few people, like I know for my university, I'm studying an IE in Spain. And I know we don't have the option, um, you know, a default system is usually one I've seen that works in the U.S., uh, not in Europe as much. From what I've seen, I don't know that much about it. But for some people, you don't have the option. 
and I think it's it it extends. You know, you think it's going to be four years. It turns into like a like a few six months more than that as well. So I think. I, like what you said about missing out on the experience definitely happens but again everyone is in the same boat you know when it comes to online education and stuff like that and when it comes to coping again I think a lot of universities have made it very feasible and you know the transition in from in person to online has been like from my experience pretty good from what I've seen with different universities so I know it can be you know daunting and I know it can be like oh we don't know what's going to happen with our college and what's going to happen so for those who don't have the option for deferral I think that it's it's not that big a deal I wouldn't be that worried so even in your case like I wouldn't be worried for you I mean you've taken the you know option to defer which many people you know I'm sure people are considering so that's great that's that's another great alternative I'd say so what are three of your personal criteria for the most suitable university for you? Uh, so since I'll be uh, majoring in physics and I wish to go into research later on, so one of my most important criteria was uh, the availability of the uh, uh, research opportunities to undergraduates and uh, preferably from the first year itself and uh, the quality of the education especially in the physics uh, side. Mm -hmm. uh, the second criteria for me was the uh, uh, the community and the sports culture. Mm -hmm. How uh, do they uh, allow for student athletes? And do they have club sports or do they have uh, like division one sports? Mm -hmm. Especially uh, fencing. Since I'm a fencer, and I wish to continue it uh, through the four years of education. Yeah. And the third, uh, the third uh, uh, criteria for me was school. Hmm, so yeah. how many uh, the different cuisines and how many different options are available in and around campus? So what since food is a criteria for you, I think that's the first time I've ever heard someone say that food is a criteria. So could you tell us what food options really you know drew you towards Michigan and what is there any quirky food available there that you're so keen on? Like you've chosen to go there. Uh, so actually, Anaba is a very uh, a thriving uh, college campus uh, city. Uh, so, but, uh, it's one of the guys, I guess, ranked first or second in the quality of life as a, uh, as a in, uh, like university city there. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are a lot of options available in each type of cuisine. So, there is Mexican, there is Korean, there are uh, uh, even Indian restaurants there. So, it has a, a lot of variety there. That's really good. I personally, because I've already completed one year of university, the importance of having some good Indian food around you, I cannot stress on that enough because I, you know, you, you, I really went into university thinking I wasn't going to be homesick. But I think the thing I missed the most was, you know, good like ghar ka rajma chawal or butter chicken and things like that. So I think that's a great criteria that you've actually kept in mind because you tend to actually get food sick you know when you miss home and when you miss India especially so I'm really glad for you that you've got that covered I actually study in a smaller town in Spain for the first three years called Segovia and we only have one or two Indian restaurants so a lot of my friends and I would travel half an hour away into the city of Madrid just to get some good Indian food or I would pester my seniors to cook for us so having that is really important um, what are some things you did to cope with the admission stress uh, for me, uh, the main stress I faced during the uh, admissions process was uh, while waiting for the uh, college uh, decision. 
Mm-hmm. And also like uh, like I was a little uh, bit stressed when I was submitting my applications because I was uh, as I say uh, uh, I was feeling I had a feeling that I, uh, if I was missing something. Yeah. So you yeah. wouldn't. So you would say you were more stressed after the admission process was over than during. Yeah. So during the process, I actually enjoyed the uh, uh, the part where I wrote the essays of brainstorming and then. Researching about the universities and mm-hmm. uh, the different opportunities available on, at each university. And wow, afterwards, that yeah, continue. Sorry. Yeah, so I just mainly the after, after submitting the application was the main stressful part for me. Wow, I cannot like agree with you on that because for me, during the when the admission process was going on, I feel like you have ten million things to do and to balance. and you know cuz you're running around with your last year of school your your senior year and then you're running around with so many different applications documents getting all of that i don't even want to begin to think about it honestly because it was so stressful but the fact that you were not stressed honestly kudos to you that's really great um what's a life hack you have for a unique essay what's something that you would tell everyone if if anyone asks you you know how do i write the best and the most unique essay Uh, so for me, a uh, life hack for unique essay would be to portray your key personality traits, which have not been shown in any other part of your application. So I would I would not stress on academics uh, an academic part of my side in the uh, in an essay. I would rather show how I uh, I would rather show my thought process or probably an experience which is uh, which is uh, which I haven't been able to uh, show anywhere else in the essay uh, in the mm-hmm. application. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't come out in uh, in the activity section, or uh, or if it's not inferred from a uh, mix of academics and activity, that's actually interesting that you say that. I was recently attending Writers Key Co- the Common App essay workshop that Writers Key did. I was attending it, and they Anjali Ma'am basically spoke about how you know don't keep reiterating things that are already on your resume, like. people are going to already see it the admissions committee is already going to see your resume i think you have to showcase really yourself and like you said and I, we're going to get into it as well you have some crazy stories to share with us with your adventure sports and your travel experiences which we'll get into so i think i'm sure you got into great universities by sharing those experiences yourself now uh, what's one thing you have to take with you when you go to university and you can't leave behind uh for me the one thing which i would be uh, taking to my university is uh, one of the paper planes with a design myself uh so it was the first paper plane which i uh, did not see any tutorial or any uh, way of folding it was uh, i like a, did it intuitively and on my own and wow. it still flies so. how old would that be yeah it's been uh, quite a few years old i guess 3 or 4 years old wow and you still it's still intact it's still there and like in proper shape yeah uh, yeah it actually flies uh, till now but uh, i guess the uh, the front part is a little flimsy now because of it constantly getting crashed into walls yeah i mean that's not even any bad damage for four years for a paper plane that's great the fact that you've kept it intact is quite commendable itself so i have some questions we've gone through your resume i have some things that are specific just to you your interests and some things you've accomplished so You went for the NASA Mission Discovery Camp, and that isn't something that every student is able to attend. So, tell us your experience and one of the most memorable things from the camp for you. 
so one of the most uh, like the, uh, the best part about the camp was the proximity to NASA astronauts and scientists and we were able to interact with them on an hourly basis so uh, they were available and uh, uh, we were divided into groups and we had to think of an experiment to send up uh, and it could be performed in the ISS uh, so uh, uh, that allowed us to actually uh, like get behind the scenes of uh, uh, like how uh, scientists think about performing experiments and the basically the design process of the an experiment what all criteria you have to fulfill to the experiment how would you procure the materials the cost everything that's a lot of in depth knowledge and did you have very hands on experience with like scientists and you know doing your research and everything was it did they give you a lot of access or were you guys kept away from most of like the dangerous things or whatever <laughs> uh so basically the uh, mission discovery program was held in india mm-hmm. uh, at shivnada school okay, uh, so okay. what they had yeah so what they had was uh, like the scientists would be uh, like they would have uh, interactive sessions with scientists from around the world so we interacted with the professor from king's college as well and uh, like uh, they would uh, tell us about different aspects which you have to keep in mind about an experiment and they had uh, and they were accessible throughout all the area uh, at all the times for us to uh, like ask any doubts which we had and uh, like if we were thinking of an idea and we had to get a go ahead if they mm-hmm. thought that it would it be useful for either on earth or iss if the uh, experiment was success- successful wow that's really cool so did did you know anyone or like any of your ideas that actually went through and were implemented or you know was there anything of that sort that you had like a full um, i guess you fully played like a very big role in played a big role in uh so basically uh, uh one of our team's ideas uh, what we had uh, we were thinking on working upon uh, was the winning idea and our idea we actually scratched that idea because we thought that it, it is so simple that it must have been done oh wow and, and that was the winning idea been, yeah so uh, wow. like after the competition we were like I uh, think that we should have done this idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah, that's that's amazing. That it was a winning idea. Congratulations for that. Um, now you're a huge traveler. You love to travel, like so do I. Um, can you share one of your wildest travel experiences with us? Uh, so uh, I recently uh, went in a family trip to Thailand. and it was uh, it was more of a adventure sports extravaganza uh, so i did my uh, i did uh, sky diving for the first time i did bungee jumping there from 50 meters and uh, i even did scuba diving there wow that's amazing i'm also a huge adventure sports fanatic um sky skydiving is actually the next on my bucket list but i'm a certified scuba diver i've done I have a paddy certification the open water certification and I did that in Malaysia so you where did you get your certification I got the certification from the Andaman Islands uh, have lost So I how many dive India yeah. Okay okay that's amazing how many dive sites like where all have you uh, you know been diving how many dive sites have you visited Uh so I guess I've done around 13 to 15 dives still day Uh, wow. Most of them have been at Andaman, uh, at different dive sites, and uh, wow. I, I, yeah, I've done uh, two dives in uh, Thailand. 
Oh, wow, that's amazing. I've only been able to do my one dive. So I really like, I'm jealous of you that you've done so many. We had a really good question, which was what's one valuable thing, the most valuable thing that all these travel experiences have taught you? My, uh, this is a good question. Yeah. Uh, so, the, uh, so the one valuable thing which travel uh, has taught me is to uh, uh, definitely uh, try out the cuisine, uh, the local cuisine. Okay. Yeah, you've got like a knowledge for food and like an appreciation. Would you say you're a foodie? Yeah, I would definitely say I'm a foodie. That's great. And Anjali Ma'am is asking us, what's the deepest you've dived? I think for the open water certification, it's about 18 meters underwater. And then there's other certifications which go deeper till about 32 even, I think. Am I am I right? You can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, so, so as a party certified open water diver, you can, you can dive uh, up to 18 meters. Yeah. And uh, if you are an advanced open water diver, you can dive up to 30 meters. Yeah, 30 meters, yeah. So um, now we saw in your introduction video that you posted onto our writer ski Instagram that you fence and you've spoken about it as well. And I think it's a really unique sport. So how did you get into this sport and how do you plan on continuing it? Because I know for me, I played golf when I was in school and golf isn't as unique, I'd say, and as unheard of as fencing. And it still was difficult for me to like find a way and outlet to continue that in college because many colleges especially in the US have football teams, soccer teams, baseball teams, basketball teams but no one's really heard of like a golf team or like a fencing team so how would you plan on continuing that? Uh, yeah so I got into fencing I guess in 7th or 8th grade basically mm -hmm. uh, I used to play uh, soccer at the time so I, I saw a, like uh, they started fencing uh, nearby. So that's why when I went for a class and I found it interesting and I switched from soccer to go, uh, soccer to fencing. Mm -hmm. And University of Michigan has a fencing club. Uh, so that's why, uh, like, okay. uh, so one of my main criteria was again that fencing should, should be there in the university I'm going for. Yeah. And Okay, that's good. That's great that you can actually, you know, there's already an inbuilt system, I'd say, or a club for you to continue that. That's that's really important, I agree. And um, so I'm going to end this little live of ours with one last question to you. It's like more of like a fun game I thought of. Um, I think your resume that you wrote a travel book and one of the places you wrote about was Madrid. Now, I'm studying in Madrid. So I want to put your knowledge to the test and I'm going to name like three landmarks that me and my friends have always gone to in Madrid itself. And you have to tell me if you know about them, if you've been there. And um, yeah, if you have any other travel experiences in Madrid specifically that I could maybe go and experience since I'm studying there. So the first place that I want you to tell me if you know of is there's a huge park in Madrid. It's El Retiro Park. Have you been there? Uh, so I'm not sure of the name of the park, but we uh, did go to a park in Madrid. Okay. Uh, and it was one of, uh, like it was a very different experience for me because one of the students stood on my shoulder <laughs> there. <laughs> but that's apparently good luck. So that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and that's such an odd thing to remember from there. But that's actually, the park is beautiful. El Retiro, they have like a nice crystal um, palace type thing inside the park. So that's a great landmark in Madrid. 
Um, the second would be, have you been to the Malasanya neighborhood? No, I don't think I've been there. Okay, that's basically Madrid's art area where it's like full of cute cafes. It's a very artsy area, very unique. A lot of thrift stores and things like that are there. And if you're a foodie, you'd love going there because they have some great breakfast places, which I've visited with my friends. And the last place that I'm going to ask you if you know about is the Prado Museum, which is the National Museum of Art in Madrid. Uh, no, I guess uh, I, I didn't even go there. So it was basically school trip and we, uh, okay. there was a, a square, I guess the market square there. We went there mm -hmm. in Madrid. Mm -hmm. uh, we went to uh, the Santiago Bernabeu, the stadium mm -hmm. of Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we had a tour there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, and what else did you visit in Madrid? Uh, I don't remember now. It's been a few years. Okay, sorry, I caught you on the spot, so it's fine. <laughs> I caught you on the spot about Madrid. But, um, yeah, so another thing about your book, since we're on the topic, you've co-authored uh, co and authored yourself and written many books yourself. So how, what is that process like, to actually get one of your books published? What's the feeling like? What's the process like? What's the thought process behind all of it? Uh, so uh, one of the uh, main uh, key uh, things which I the admissions process I uh, thought of was that uh, there is a lot of uh, 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 there is a lack of information at one single place uh, in uh, uh, for the US especially uh, so that's why I thought of coming out of a book uh, myself and it's the first ever book written by a recent applicant so it has my perspective on the application process and mm -hmm. uh, all the important things which I feel are important and how I went through these myself. Mm -hmm. Was it difficult to get your book published? I mean, I don't think it's something that all teenagers can accomplish. It's, it's quite something. So was it very difficult? Did you have to run around to a lot of publishers? Or was it like your book was so good that people just picked it up in a second? I actually uh, have uh, published the book myself. So oh, wow, okay. Self-published. Self mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's Yeah. Okay, cool. That's amazing. Well, thank you, Sanil, for sitting with us, sharing our travel experience, your fencing journey, the admissions process, and talking to us about all of these things. This has been episode two of the Student Takeovers. Um, next Wednesday at five, we're going to be in conversation with Mudit, who is currently going to be attending the University of Toronto, and he's a student from Hong Kong. So we're going to be talking about a little different things with him. Um, thank you to everyone who's watched. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.